Hello, it's Christina. And Jackie. And this is Your Your Neighbor's Hood. So, Christina. Yes. What's good in the hood? Um, This week I was just full of homeowner stuff. You know how that goes. We had some pipes just leaking and fixing the bathroom. I'm an adult. I'm almost 30. You're an adult? Are you sure? I think. I'm trying to adult. We'll see how well it goes. You know, it depends on the day. <laughs> we have an old house. I do have an old house. Both in the 1940s. Yeah. Which I, I love. We both love old stuff. Yeah, my you house know. is 1917 or something. Is it really? I didn't know it was yeah. that old. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and so it's got a lot of character, but that also means it's got some issues. So. Got some issues. Yeah, so that was my weekend. Fixing her up. Yeah. What about you? What's good in your hood? Um, well, this weekend was pretty chill. I went to a baby shower. I haven't okay. done that in... A very long time. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Then I had, had the luxury of having my husband, the shoe shopper, oh my come gosh. home with I love two that. pairs of shoes for me. That's like my dream. It sounds like a dream. Mm-hmm. I hide my shoes from my husband. <laughs> Don't listen to this claim. <laughs> I love it. I have poor taste in a lot of things as far as like fashion stuff. I'm quirky. Yeah. But um, he I get that about But you. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to have him like co-sign on my quirkiness. Like, is this too quirky? Am I going too far? Right. Borderline chic bum. <laughs> <laughs> two words you'd use to describe your style yes. if I asked you. Like I'm a chic, chic mom. mom. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up so much. Jackie's a chic bum, y'all. Okay. Kinda. Oh my god. <laughs> on that. Oh, that reminds me. I wanted to share something with you. Wait, this wait, was wait. crazy about my weekend. I left this out. I don't know how I forgot. Uh, because the house is old, we took out. So we took out the walls because uh, in our bathroom because we were doing piping. Uh-huh. And Clayton's digging around, and luckily he didn't get cut. He finds all these nasty ass old razor blades. What? Yeah, it was disgusting. Like, like, like you take them, like you take the razor off the. I don't know. It's this. It's from the 1940s. So I don't know how their razors were, but you would take off the razors as you used them. Like it was only a one-time use type razor. And so it's like the literal blade. And yeah, they were in the wall? In the wall. And so I'm Googling, you know, as you do, and there's a YouTube video that pops up. So they're like, look in your cabinet. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so excited. So we, our old medicine cabinet, never been replaced since the 40s. We open it. There's this little slit in the back of the cabinet and so basically what people, men would do is they'd shave their face, they'd take off the razor and deposit it into the wall. Crazy. Crazy. Wait a minute, wait. Mm-hmm. So you just let them build up? Yep. That's exactly what they would do. That is so nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> and it's like the YouTube video is saying, like, they didn't think about it. They just didn't care. They just didn't. Just needed a place to put those razors. 100%. Isn't that weird? Wow. I've never. It's disgusting. Knew. Stuff you didn't know. Stuff you didn't know. Speaking of things you didn't know. We're going to drop some That's of what that. this episode is coming. Yeah. Yeah, all about. the whole thing is about stuff you didn't know about Confederate history, yeah, right? history and culture. Yeah, I think we just kind of one day were just talking about, I don't know how it came about, but I was, we were like, let's do some homework mm-hmm. on the Confederate flag because Charlottesville, we live close, we're pretty close to that. Yeah. And we're like, well, what's the story behind the flag? People have so many different views. Yeah. And so we did our homework and came together and, and learned. We learned oh my goodness. stuff about how women change history across the aisle. Oh my God. It's <laughs> stuff that blew my mind that uh-huh. I was just like, what? They did some really important things before they could even vote. Yeah. Share all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're ready to listen or you're ready to learn, we dropped some truth bombs on you. You're going to learn a lot in this episode. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of stuff that I just genuinely didn't didn't know and right. things that, you know, I can appreciate. But right. 
hopefully you can appreciate too and please let us know your thoughts yeah especially on this one it's a touchy it is touchy, touchy. it's kind of touchy touch feelings mm-hmm. but it's but good what we're trying right. to do hopefully so. we did alright well thanks for listening yeah thank you for listening hope we enjoyed this you're gonna drop in on us just kind of talking about what we did our homework on yeah our homework it was good I feel like I went back to school, school. <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you thanks care. for listening Because I have a bunch of okay, so stuff from this book. This book was more. Which book? This oh. was more helpful to me than anything I even found at the library. <laughs> this book. Yeah. So what I did was I've been listening to mm-hmm. in the shadows yeah. of statues, but I was like, you know, let's just binge on history and then yeah. follow that up with some stuff. So I went down the path. Okay, so where did the Confederate flag come from? Mm-hmm. You know, why did it start? What what made it popular? All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we already know, like, it's a battle flag, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And then, that's so, about all I know. Okay, so yeah, it's a battle flag. It started off that the Union and the Confederate, their flags are very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. And so the Confederates like, well, we're on the battlefield. We want to look different yeah. from the Union, so we need to do our flag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I think they there's so many different iterations of it, but they had one where it's that small piece mm-hmm. of the flag that we know as the big Confederate flag was up in the corner, and then it was all white, and it was literally called the white man's flag. And then they, oh. they used that, but they were like, shit, we can't use this, because then it looks like we're showing the white, we're waving the white flag. Right, right. Like we're giving up, surrendering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the flag oh went through so many iterations or whatever. I don't know mm. if I had... Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, so the flag went through so... But the the museum in Richmond mm-hmm. has pretty much all of the... Yeah, they have all of them, but they won't fly one of them. Which was really interesting. I don't think they fly the current, like, iteration of it. Because... I'm trying to figure that out. Because <laughs> it was there a year ago, but I can't remember. So... Yeah, and so that flag in 1865, um, so they finally got their battle flag, blah, blah, blah. Once everything was over in 1865, the, the Confederate flag, in a sense, was retired. It was done with because, the, the, you know, the Confederacy lost. During, like, the Civil Rights era, it, the flag sort of came back to counter civil rights, right? It was just to be, like... We as the South, it was it was it was called considered a heritage flag. Like college students were mm-hmm. flying, and they thought it was going to be a but flag. Then that explains the deep rooted connection to it. But even before uh. that, even before like in 1940, when the that's why I said the Southern Democrats mm-hmm. were using it as and a symbol to oppose desegregation. So they were like, we're flying this flag because we are against desegregation. Even before that, it goes. Even, I like want to go through the history of this mm-hmm. and then go back to the space in between. But but they used it to, they were like, no des- desegregation. And then two years after Brown versus um, the Board of Education, the flag had another, it got a, it got like a boost in a sense, because in 48, they were flying like, we don't want to integrate. Right. But in 56, Georgia, Mississippi, South Carolina added the flag to pieces of their state flag. Oh, really? Yes. It's like, yeah. No, no. idea. I don't, and I think only recently, either Georgia or South Carolina got it, you know, got mm-hmm. the Confederate look flag mm-hmm. out of their state flag because it's like this is, that is not something that states should Do. be promoting, even if it's a heritage flag or whatever. So Mississippi now is the only state that still has the Confederate flag inside of their... Wow. Yeah, they still do. That's a definitely unknown piece of history <laughs> like, for today. Yeah, they, they still Did do. Did you know 
Yeah, so Mrs. I had no idea. Nope. And so, like, it was, so it really was a flag that was like, we do not want to integrate. We do not believe in civil rights. So that's the symbol of it during that era. Wow. And that's why people get so many mixed feelings about it. But one historian said, and I, I agree with it, he's like, the people that should be protecting that flag the most are the ones who say that it is about their heritage. Because if it's about your heritage, then you don't want it tied to any of these other yeah. movements. If it's about the Confederate soldiers that died, if it's about your forefathers and ancestors, then you don't want mm-hmm. anybody associating that with right. all of this other stuff. If it's truly with, yeah, you want it, if it's about the South, if it's about state separate rights, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because that's something that I was, I thought was so interesting that I was learning about Abraham Lincoln and people were, one of the big arguments of the day was, does the constitution give you the right, the, the federal government, the right to end slavery across the board? And even like Lincoln was saying, no, it doesn't. Uh-huh. So like, that was one of the big, pro- like, that's why they didn't make an amendment. Like they were saying the 14th. Amendment? Yeah. Yeah. Is it the 14th? I think. Yeah. They were saying it has to, yeah. They, like people of the day, even abolitionists were, were like, yeah, we don't know what to do because because we don't think the constitution the constitution gives states the individual rights to make to do what they want. Yeah. I mean, I that was just crazy, crazy. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think about like the, the, trying to figure that one out. Right, right. They were saying like they were saying that each individual state could act as its own country, basically, mm-hmm. not you know, and make its own laws. So the federal government couldn't come in, and that's why a lot of people like to argue. And this is to bring it back around, like to argue that the Civil War was about the states' rights. Rights. Right. And they don't, and this is, and this message gets lost that I think 100% we have not reckoned with is slavery. Right. Does that make sense? Right. You know, and I, I really believe that's like a deliberate thing. So we don't have to deal with slavery. So we don't have to deal with the impact that it's still having on us today. Yeah. I really believe that. I agree that it's still, I believe it was about the state's rights, but um, sure. at the root of it, sure. it was about keeping that, I'm not going to call it intellectual property, but keeping that, that, you know, keeping that property more so than anything, because that was the big disagreement. Right. And I remember I was reading and what happened. So there was like a slave, uh, she was mixed, but people, people couldn't talk about that. And she escaped to Ohio and Ohio didn't have those laws. Like you were, you could be free. And so they were like, well, if she's free in Ohio, how can we, how can we extradite her and take her? And then the court eventually ruled that she was taken away from Ohio and taken back. And so then there was, that's kind of got the ball rolling and people saying like, this makes no sense. It's basically, I'm not cuss your fuck, but you know what I mean? (laughs) was like people were like what well there's slaves here then they escape then what do we do and how do we have this big you know so that was like the real argument of the day and I just try to put myself in those shoes and like that would be you're so against so you had people so against slavery but then they're looking at the constitution of their land and like and law of the land is allowing these things you know which is terrifying because it also goes to show you it's also important to follow your laws to pay attention to local government and know that government isn't always on the right side of history yeah what was interesting in this book I'm jumping to you yeah, talking yeah. about following laws uh-huh. in uh-huh. the shadows of statues uh-huh. by Mitch Landrew Landrew I think that's it <laughs> yeah you're right the former mayor of New Orleans uh-huh. is that he said his father when his father became secretary of HUD uh-huh. he was talking about how it was the easiest job he ever had. Yeah, right. His dad was also the mayor of New New Orleans and how important how things when we talk about local government how things happen you're accountable yeah. to people but with her there's a lot more bureaucracy right and, and so it's hard to get things done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so if anything we look at this as the things that we can do and get done 
locally are all matter amazing are, are crazy yep are crazy which goes to this group of women mm-hmm. like i think where we're at now is centered on this particular group of women, which is maddening because I keep saying, like, we're going to be the ones that yep. change the tide. We're going to be the ones who do, who make the difference. So the UDC, mm-hmm. or you, was it, yeah, the UDC, the was United Daughters of Confederacy. Oh, yeah, they talked about that. Holy shit. I know. Well, they were the ones that got the statues put up. They got all the statues put up. And it's funny because I listened to... Mitch talk about it in the yep. book, and then as I'm starting to do Confederate flag research, research, I'm like, this is the smoking gun, <laughs> the women. So not only did the UDC, the United Daughters of the Confederacy, what happened was is they came. I don't know how many years after, yeah. but it was like it was their fathers and their uncles and their that fought and and they wanted. You would see them say, "Okay, well, the Confederate flag would be flown at flown at memorials because the UDCs see took it up as a thing to do." It was their job, or at least they felt their job was to make sure their next generation of people didn't forget what their fathers, what their uncles did, and they made a concerted effort to do it through the monuments, right? Getting these private land putting these statues up, right? Making sure that you will never forget that we were a part of history. They went so far as to um, writing and advocating to school boards to get curriculum that was approved that only supported good things about the Confederacy. So like they helped establish almost like, I don't want to call them learning objectives, but about how to decide if a curriculum was good, depicted a good picture of the South. So a lot of the textbooks in the South were... UDC approved right. in a sense or they or, had their hand everywhere they had a hand in it and even some of the textbooks were written by former confederate soldiers like it was it was so that's maddening. so interesting and so like it was like they they were like we're going to commemorate these this stuff but the biggest work that they did was in children wow so that was the, the their biggest effort. we know was it, it starts yes it's like what we're saying it wasn't the statues that were the turning point the statues are just here it's hard to get the statues down you know but it, it's just one thing to to the the brink so they would have contests at schools like speaking you would do children almost like speech mm-hmm. or like debate the kids could memorize these confederate speeches and would get prizes for them and they would go and do work with the vet now i'm not saying for us it's like veterans but with former confederate soldiers they would do plays that revolved around so they really put this kept put it together. alive they, they kept the they're single-handedly kept it alive yeah. and so these kids that were indoctrinated with this confederacy is good i wish i had kept some of the um written down some of the the things that were in the textbook about um how good the confederacy was and and what they all, and how slavery was good and how, you know, they took care of their, um, um, gave them barbecues or whatever. It was just, it was, it's so wild. It's like out of this world. You like, you can't like, make it up. Yes, you can't. But they lobbied, educated, and they did all of this before they had the right to vote or be involved in politics. Oh, wow. So right. think about that. So I'm saying, that's why I said that space in between 48 and the retiring of the flag and these women single-handedly kept the confederacy alive hold on so these chicks were bad as hell not bad and i mean no, like but they put the work in yeah and and that's that's the thing though is that they were advocating for what they thought was important and what was right uh-huh. and they wanted to vindicate their 
their fathers yeah. and their... They formed, I just found this, they formed textbook committees yes. and pressured school boards to ban books that the UDC deemed unjust Just. to the South. And they would write it on the book, Unjust to the yeah. South. Yeah, which was anything that shed l- negative light on the Confederacy. Yep. Which is everything. The Confederacy <laughs> stood for slavery. I mean, what, what, this is hysterical to me. What was good about the, I mean, what? Can someone tell me? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, states' rights, yes, that's what I do love about our government in the sense that it's, it can be, it's great that you do need balances of power, and it's good to not absolutely. have a big, too big federal government. Right. But anyone that wants to tell me that that's the importance of the Civil War, I mean, I don't, yeah. 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 And it's interesting because that is that is not taught at all. No. Anywhere. Right, and you even if you go, I remember going to Georgia and I went to a historical museum and I just remember being like, it, there was like two or three plaques about slavery and it was very bland. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was very, it happened here, but no like details. And what I love about this book, In the Shadow of Statues by Mitchell Andrew, um, is that he talks over and over again about Auschwitz and how he went to Auschwitz. Yeah. And it was, you know, you saw the teeth, you saw the hair, you saw the glasses. And he yeah. he had this reckoning and was like, wait a minute. There's nothing like this in New Orleans. There's nothing marking the fact that this was the, what was it, the biggest, I forget what it was, but it was like the biggest place where, the, the biggest harbor or ship where slaves yeah, were brought. The largest, yeah, yeah it, and there's nothing marking that here. We don't mark it. So like America doesn't reckon and acknowledge slavery for what it was. Yeah. Like other countries that have yeah. had genocides and things like that we kind of just brush through it and if anything i think the big attitude of today is well it's happened in the past why does it still matter because it does it does no i know i'm not asking you i'm sorry no i just you should have seen her face guys (laughs) i mean because i don't know how people say that because it does still matter it's a part of our history but people here's the thing people besides like people on the far right you know that say the holocaust didn't happen people will never say that about the Holocaust. Never. Think about that. People will always be seeing and asking why, and there's a whole campaign in D.C. right now, so never stop asking why. But slavery here, we don't want to get uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And if you try to say, if you even try to bring that up to pe- people, they will just bring up, you know, well, we've moved past, and aren't things better? And it's like, no, they're not. They're still damaged. We're a very relatively young country. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I don't know. I think we have to get on. Un- no, I know, in my opinion, 100%, we have to get uncomfortable and just acknowledge what's happening yeah. you have to you before you can move forward you mentioned it like the the morning but I feel like if these women I'm gonna give them their props like this speaks to the power of, of women yeah of, of organizing you yeah. know that this is collective action at its at its finest right like coming together pulling resources together using your knowledge and everything to 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 get the influence that you need. We have the right to vote and the right to be a part of politics, and they did it without that. Yeah. That is what amazes me. What? Yeah. And it's like, I'm not defending them, but if you try to think of their perspective, like it's, and it goes still forward, and that's why you see what we do today, is there was a lot of pride there and a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And if we're still reckoning and trying to deal with feelings in the 21st century with medicine and all this kind of help, yeah. I, I really, I think there's a couple things at play. I think it's feelings and then it's ego. Why we can't just admit what happened was horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And 
talk about what these women did. I mean, I didn't know that until I started doing this work. I had no idea what the UDC was. I had no idea what they had done. And and you can't tell me this was only the 1900s, so this wasn't that long ago. Yeah, with the UDC? Yeah. Yeah. 1900s. Yeah. Very early. Right, very early. But that's not that long ago. No. And you can't say that generation... So, okay, so those kids brought their kids up to... It's all generational. Mm-hmm. And that's why you said after them, you know, when those babies grew up that were taught by the UDC and they went to college and that's, they were the ones holding those heritage flags. Mm-hmm. It was those babies mm-hmm. that were like, this is a part of our heritage. This is a part of who we are. This is part of our history, you know, and yeah. then it morphed. What's the guy's name? Gosh, darn it. He became the Southern Democrat nomination nominee for the presidency. I can't think of his name. But he is the one that kind of, I feel like, transitioned that conversation from heritage to this is anti-civil rights. We are not, we are not, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's those kids, those babies that... Right. And they carried it on generationally. Yeah. You know, I think what happens too, so this is what it reminds me of. I was on my honeymoon and I was in Vienna, Austria, and I have a friend in Austria. And they were talking about, I had no idea about this, but they were talking about how Americans are very nationalistic and we have a lot of American pride. She was saying that in Austria, you don't, it's not like that. They don't have pride because of the war because of being associated with the Germans. And I just thought it makes me wonder if like, can you hold both things in your hand? Can you acknowledge a shitty, horrible past, Mm -hmm. but at the same time acknowledge that America was a great country or were we? Those are the questions that we have to wrestle with, Mm -hmm. you know, because right now we don't talk about it at all. It's just very like dates and facts, but we don't own up to what really happened. Mm -hmm. And you have people on one side just protesting saying, no, America did had genocide. Did like, there's two camps. America was amazing. It was a great place. The past is the past. Or you have the camp of, you know, look at what we did to the Native Americans. Look what slavery was. But where is, can you hold both in your hands? What's your opinion on that? I think that there are people doing that now. Yeah. I think the, the, when I look at the people that I follow, they're saying that. Yeah. That like, hey, it was not great. We haven't really actually been what great is. I don't even know what the standard of a great country is because you're going to have your ribs. Governing is hard. Oh my gosh. I mean, being no one's got right. America is an experiment. You know what I mean? In the sense of just like what we've tried to do with freedom we've provided. So I think to me, and that's where a lot of the division comes. It's like, it's trying to, there's no middle ground, but I, th- I don't know. I think people live in black and white quite literally in the thoughts, thought processes, but I think you can look at, I don't know. I think you can hold both in your hands. Does that, and I, I think it's important oh 100% and I think it's important to more so bring awareness like we're doing to the injustices and talking about the civil war and it still matters today you know but it's hard you gotta we gotta lead people to that conversation Mm -hmm. does that make sense because I think what happens too I have to teach people is not to get defensive because that's the first line of defense when you bring up the civil war is Mm -hmm. it's over and you know but look at all the other great stuff we've done yeah but i think we need to i don't know what that process looks like or how long we need to do it i don't i think you never forget that's for sure no we say that about 9 11 you never forget never stop asking why about the holocaust but that movement hasn't even remotely started with no. the civil war no. and slavery you know yeah, no it hasn't but i'm saying i'll say it again and i think it, it starts with it's got to be a changing of the mind with the mothers. Yeah. Because that is how this all still lives on. Like mm-hmm. that, 
it, even reading about it, it's like that's how that's the only way that the Confederate flag gets reborn again. That's the only way that we are because there's so much emotion attached to, like you said, holding it in both hands. That's hard when like your feelings are invested in yeah. one side, and then you've got the world telling you, no, there's something closer. To, closer to the middle and you're like no all my feelings because my grandma my great grandma my great granddad on on both sides like yeah what what do you do how do you how do you reconcile with the enemy because this is what we're doing like there are people who like slavery was bad the confederacy are bad it was good and they're their enemies it's Hatfields and McCoys you know yeah and all right so where do you where do you find that balance when you're you're trying to live in the same spaces but where how do you do that because you're, you're talking about yeah. for the the can people of the confederate lineage it's like they know their heritage and it's yeah. it I would I would imagine it would be di- very hard to detach from that yeah 100 well i know mitch mitch landrew did something very controversial but you know his city's been around for like 300 years or something but he apologized on behalf of the government you know to the people of new orleans you know and i'm not saying that's enough that's not what i'm saying but i think that's kind of where you start you know what i mean i think he's been a good leader on this you know like because he's like the government never publicly acknowledged what it did and what it partook in you know and he's like i remember hearing his oprah interview he was like i i was an elected official by the people so in a way i am a voice for the people and i can say i'm sorry you know what i mean and it was wrong and again doesn't heal things completely doesn't necessarily i think it moves us in the right direction yeah does that make sense yeah and i think there's enough people doing that yeah and i I I'm there be more Yes, exactly. But, but it's enough of us trying to... So here's the thing, and that's why I think it takes more elected official people in power, but, and that's why we have these conversations, because he is a leader and people follow him and like him, and then it gets people thinking. I mean, he, he said he said in his book, and this is why I love him, he's just honest. He's like, I walked past all of these statues no, and never, never even, even knew what they meant. And then he had a friend who was, it was shamed uh-huh, every mm-hmm. time he walked past and was like, how how do I live here? Yeah. And my city isn't even acknowledging what this means to me. You Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, and so he was like, he had to put himself in, in someone else's shoes. Yeah, which is hard to do. Oh, 100%. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, he calls it transformative awareness. And it's the concept of just basically like being able to shut your own ego down. Bruce is wild, and you see him? Uh, yeah, he is. It's all right. He's like, Jackie, he really wants to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> He's like, guys, you're talking about groundbreaking stuff. I think it's funny. Okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Bruce Wayne is having a fit. He's in and out of the studio all day long. And I think he's just chasing squirrels. <laughs> Or maybe he has to poop. <laughs> we love him. He really is our no, studio. No, he's got to go. He's got to Okay. Go. He's got to go. He's not just being st- like a stinker. Because not some, most times he is. Most of the times he is. He's being a stinker. But he likes being in here. Yeah, man. It's tough. It is tough. But I'll just tell you, I, in this, in 2018, I see... I don't want to say I see the statues as, um, I believe they should have remained on private property. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. 
You're out of here. Go. Find yourself some business. So, yeah, in 2018, I just feel like I wish they would have stayed on people's private property. I yeah. just don't think that it's something that... What about putting them in museums? How do you feel about that? I mean, and I don't want to... I'm trying not to go too much into the book because I know, I know. I want to do something on the book. Right. But it, based off of, you know, in the shadows of statues, the way that they were put up, it was in such a way to be I mean it was a PR thing that's exactly it was PR but they're just so like I don't know what the word maybe is prestigious just so like yeah they were made to look like good yeah like this is if you're talking about it in the historical context I am not for hiding anybody's history good bad or Right. I think that's part of the and but you have to tell the full story though. Yes. And that's the problem. And that is the problem. So when I see them in public places in the middle downtown Norfolk in the yeah. you know, when I see them like when I see these things, it's like this is this city's way of honoring people that fought what we want today, what we're trying to get today. And it's not so much I, I honor I would honor anyone who decide to go into battle to like like that's a big deal. We don't even fight wars the same way. So all of those men, women that were standing up for their cause and willing to lose their life for, like, yes, like we should talk about that. Like they they believed it, what they believed so much that they were willing to fight and Which die is a for big it. Deal. It is a big yeah. deal. However, we understand we now are in the paradigm that um slavery was not a great thing, right? And that anyone who decided that they thought that slavery was a good thing, I don't I don't know that we should I don't know that we need statues for them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I even look at some of the presidents who were considered good presidents. Like, yeah, they had slaves too. Like, it's like, if we don't, we only tell, we're, it's like telling half-truths yeah, and only celebrating one side of the half-truths. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the presidents had slaves themselves. Yeah. And it's um, another, just shout out to another podcast to listen to. It's called Uncolonial. And it's just, it talks about that. It's just a very... Like, get prepared to get a little angry. I mean, because it, it really, like, talks about, like, presidents and kind of tears apart. Should we even be honoring some of them in the past yeah. because of their views, because they were openly sleep, sleeping with or raping slaves? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 complicated. It you is. know what I mean? And then they get to the place, too, where they were talking about, then who do you honor because everyone's flawed? You know what Every, I mean? And that's exactly. And, and if you, could t- you wouldn't honor anyone. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't but know. But at the core, I, I believe that though, and during their time, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And I think we are in a continuous no better, do better cycle. Yeah. And so we know that, like, I have no problems with anyone that has ans- you know, ancestors that were Confederate, honoring them and honoring I want to know if I knew my lineage like that and I know good, bad, or ugly, I would say, hey, you know what? I had a murder in my family, yeah. but that was a family member. Something I would never want to do is have my kids grow up. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I would recognize... We can do better. Yeah, I would recognize... See th- my heritage and my ancestors, but I would also try to do better than they did. Right. And the problem that I have is that when you have the ancestors that are being, you're forcing me too to be a part of your honoring mm-hmm. by having these 
statues everywhere by allowing and, and like I said, I I believe that people that use some of the people that use the Confederate flag today use it as a terrorist symbol. Flat out. Like it is what it is. Not everybody does it but I can't distinguish between the two. So I would encourage people that if it's about heritage then protect your flag. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, that's an interesting viewpoint. Yeah. Protect it. Mm-hmm. So this is truly like know your history. This is for whatever. If I had a family crest or family flag I would fly, which is why I fly the African-American flag, because that's all I have as an African-American as far as symbolizing who I am through. Uh, Flags are so important, you know, and even the monuments are so important. I mean, that's just my opinion on it, but it is what it is that I don't know that I don't know where we go from here. Some people like Mitch and like some people are taking them down. Some people are not, you know, that I'm not upset that there's a museum in Richmond that talks all about it. You know, Richmond was the capital, capital of the Confederacy. Confederacy. Like, hello, that history's there. But again, I'm not I'm not a believer in half-truths. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, it would be, it's just everything. And I think that we will be trying to do this on the podcast here we talked about, is doing more history. Uh, but history that hasn't been told, or historically, again, like the UDC, where is that? I didn't learn that in college. I graduated in 2012. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that was not in any of my history books. Yeah. It took me doing this work to find it myself. So I think we're going to try and do that is tell more untold history that tells and paints a bigger picture. Yeah. That's it. I mean, really. It's empowering. It is empowering. The UDC completely empowers me. I'm yeah. like... Yeah. I'm... We can get to work you and do know. something. Yeah, but you and until you know, it doesn't. It's it's almost like you know you're on a, a long awoke journey of trying to figure out and piece together things, and mm-hmm. then and that's what this whole book's about. It's just this man's reckoning with his own past, mm-hmm. and he's in his I don't know. He might be in his sixties, mm-hmm. and it said it took him this long to figure out the statues, this long to understand the full picture of what really happened in yeah. the South. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I feel over. I feel like I'm not even doing it justice. You know, sitting here. I'm like, how I got like four big books from the, from the <laughs> library and this is just relatable. And you nerd. I know, but I'm reading through and I'm like, I don't even like falling asleep through half of them, like trying to piece through stuff. And it was just like, it. there's just so much here to unpack. Mm-hmm. I think we also, to pair it from the you know, the, the Holocaust is we have, we can't ever stop talking about it. And it really does, I think for me, brings it home of, it does bother me. Like why we can talk in America about the Holocaust and the importance of how terrible it was. And we should never stop talking about it. But then you do, you bring up the civil war. Yeah. Don't you touch that. Right. Right. And And that before people gets to, that's my point is that it's, when it's somewhere else, it's much easier. Yeah. When it's here and it's the South, especially if you live in the South, it's much harder to hold in your hands and sit with and reckon with. Yeah. So hopefully we didn't trigger some people today. What made you sit at your t- your desk and want to Google some stuff? That's that, sure. And that's what I'm saying. So for me, looking up this stuff, I went to um, the University of YouTube. Yeah. And then I did research based off what I saw in the University of YouTube. Yeah. Between looking up, you know, Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee and... Just trying to understand those them as people, I think that they were conflicted people too, because mm-hmm. complicated, I, very complicated. Because I think I remember going back and reading about Robert E. Lee was like he was like 
saying that it was not it was he him that was like I just got to go along with my state right. I got to go along with Virginia there was a Virginia, lot of people that said that I just got to go along with my state like they yes. didn't believe they didn't believe that slavery was a good thing right. but they were like hey I got to go along with our state that's exactly and it, this all comes full circle is that argument of like the constitution and people were truly saying like the constitution gives individual states the rights to own slaves yeah. period I mean, abolitionists were saying that. So abolitionists were the people that were 100% for no slavery. Everyone's equal. Mm -hmm. But there were people saying, like, we don't know what to do. Our hands are tied because of the government, the land, the time, Mm -hmm. the law of the land. Mm -hmm. And so it just goes to show you, like, I mean, that's scary to me. You know, just it changed, thankfully, but it took a lot of it took. They also said the Civil War was like one of the blood. It was the bloodiest war. It was like 750,000 of our own people died. You know, it was like 2.4 percent, I think, of like the whole population at the time yeah Yeah. which is a crazy thing to think about Mm -hmm. and so i would just i would say people need we need to keep talking about it yeah and you reckon with the fact that we are now in a place where you know state by state it is different Mm -hmm. if you want to go smoke weed go out there to you know yeah right like like, i mean dead but there's some good things to that i'm not arguing that at all no i'm just saying that we are in a different place where you can have your your morals, you can have your values, and you can live in a place where your moral and values are accepted. Yeah. And you're not. I mean, I was born in Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. and if they decided you know to do something crazy there, I would not have feel like I have to go back to Illinois and I have to go along with whatever the values of those are. Like we can be individuals, mm-hmm. and the thing about being individuals is we have to be very appreciative of these people that fought so that we could have, you know, so that we could actually have our individuality, but also recognize we're still a collective group of people that have to live with each other with our individualities. And how do we do that in the most effective way without not manipulating, without disenfranchising of people, without, you know, making someone less than. Right. How do we do that? How do we do that? I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't either. And that's okay. We never profess to know the answer. Ah, nope. <laughs> so when you listen to us, we are figuring it out as we go. <laughs> so then so what? Yes. Right. So I was going to say, I think this one, because you, you could do like three hours on just mm-hmm. statues. You know what I mean? So, okay. So mine goes, my, my so what is, is trying to figure out like we need to reckon with the past. I think America has not, I know America has not done a good job. We as a country have not done a good job of owning our past and Mm -hmm. what we have done. Um, And then I think we need to keep um, now what for me is the piece of and it's a wrestle. It's a struggle of how can I be proud of my country while also owning what we've done? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I have an answer. I mean, if, like I said, if you look at countries like Austria or Germany, they do a much better job of owning the past and they have a hard time um, being proud of their country. It's hard in, the, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we just constantly have to keep asking ourselves and wrestling with it. I don't have an answer. Yeah. So my now what isn't necessarily an answer, but it is thinking outside the box and trying to change the way we think. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. You know, instead of taking being as, because people get angry and that's not at me when I say that I'm like, like not a proudful American because of what we did. And I'm not putting America down. I'm not saying I'm not proud to be here, 
but it's also something that I'm doing like later in my life. And I wish I had done this earlier yeah. is had these conversations. How would you know though? You wouldn't. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Cause the yeah. UDC and all these things, my textbooks didn't have them. I'm not from the South, but still you have to think that that it's a, it's a very blatant thing to like not paint the Confederacy in a bad light. Cause yeah. that's a very controversial thing to say, but how could you not? I mean, that there's some light. You have your dark and your bright light. Like yeah. You have to know that, but yeah. whatever. So my so what is, uh, so what these things did happen. And yes, there's people out there still being lied to mm-hmm. to, to this day. Like, so we, we know that. We know that, that the Civil War happened. We know that all the things we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um and um, the now what is what we can learn from the past and move forward is that collective action is a real powerful tool. Yeah, oh, our right. children are are probably our biggest asset towards moving things forward. And that yo ladies like we gotta get it together. Yeah, we gotta join together. Yo, I'm serious because like yeah. I mean, again, we birthed this nation. We we do in in some way, shape, or form. We shape the paradigm of the senators to come, the presidents to come, the barbers to come, the teachers to come, the advocates to come. Like that's what we do. And fathers are important in that piece too. And there's no but behind that. However, I understand my role as as a a mothering person, not just to my own children. I would ask that we stand in the light and be very intentional about our mothering mm. and be very intentional about how we come together and um, do some of the things that folks that came before us. There is a source of inspiration, like I said, in the UDC, as I don't agree with what they did, but I recognize they're gangsta and I understand that like... <laughs> they got shit done. Hey, they got shit done. And that's the now what, is that how do we now with the right to vote, now with the right to be a part of politics and policy making, how do we invoke that change? And again, I mean, even without so much... How do we do it? How do we do it? No, I don't know. Uh, uh, subscribing, listen to our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put it in a kind of a light joke, but I mean, but seriously, but it's also listening to like picking up in the shadows of you know of statues, Mitch Landry, listening to the Uncolonial podcast. I mean, we have a lot of resources, so we will continually try to share yeah. them. So I'll, yeah, and I'll make sure that in the show notes. in the show notes that we put, I'll put the book in there. Yeah, and I'll if you tell me the book that you read yeah. from the library and I'll put a couple of the YouTube channels that um, I was looking at. That's great. And um, we move forward. Sure. Yeah, know thyself, know thy past. And also, I would add to my now what, do not underestimate reading even just a little bit. Because I remember I got my books and I was like, God, this is so overwhelming. But even just a few pages, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think what happens with history and this stuff, we look at it and we get so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because there's so much to do. So I would think there's a lot of that too. It's like people, we run away from it because it's hard. Mm -hmm. But but I would say just give yourself a pat on the back if one, you're listening, two, you're open to it and you're trying to have these conversations. Yep. Yep. I seriously. Mm-hmm. So, so let's do it. Yeah, let's do and it. And I'm not a history buff. My yeah. Means. Yeah. This is all. Like, it's hard. It's actually it's work. A, it's not. a lot of work. And a lot of these Civil War books are so clunky. Yeah. I'm not trying to complain, but yes, do it. Complain. They're a lot. The, this one's all right, but the other ones are like, oh my god. You going to sleep? Ugh. Where did anyone write anything that's like? easy maybe we should add some homework too and like trying to find something easy reading yeah
hard. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I feel like this one was a hard one. So if you made it through, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And where can they find us? Google Play? Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. And if you don't have those, our website will be live. Yeah. Yeah. By the time this airs. Yourneighborhood.com. Yeah. I'm excited. And we'll have some blog posts up there, too, that you guys should definitely check out. Yep. And you check us out on YouTube, too. That's right. Yep. We're on all the places and spaces. Trying. Trying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Make it a great day. Make I wasn't saying. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's yours. You go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll go ahead. You cry me off. I know. Make it a great day. And stay curious. Bye. (laughs) Sorry.